Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to The Economist Asks. I'm Anne McElvoy, head of Economist Radio. As part of our Open Future season, we're asking, what does TV's suits tell us about the outlook for women at work? My guest this week is the American actor Sarah Rafferty. She's best known for her role as the formidable redhead Donna Paulson in the long-running US TV series Suits. And I, as another redhead, caught up with her, both of us, in the somewhat warmer attire of the GEMS Education Conference in Dubai. Sarah's character contends with sexism, macho males, offers infighting and legal shenanigans. I can see by that look on your face you're wondering who I am after all. Let me save you the trouble. I'm Donna. And I'm awesome. Armed with razor-sharp wit and knowledge of all the comings and goings at the office, she's admired and feared by everyone at the firm. Sarah's co-star is a certain Meghan Markle, who'll be getting out of suits and into a wedding dress to marry Prince Harry this weekend. I asked Sarah whether she'd experienced any pressures or difficulties working as a woman in the television industry. Uh, no, I, I don't have a lot of stories about that. I mean, I, I think my focus right now is really on how much response I get from young women about how much they appreciate the representation on our show, on Suits in particular, and how much they connect with Donna. It's been interesting because I've been on, we've been on the air for so long. We're going into our eighth season, which is amazing to, to play one character for that long. But um, what I most appreciate is how much women and girls are responding to Donna's confidence, to her self-confidence. And I think her self-confidence comes from her ability to understand what her special gifts are, what her superpowers are. She was somebody who never expected to be working in a law firm. She was an actress. But she has the courage to realize that she can really offer something to that environment that nobody else can. She's a people person. She anticipates people's needs. She anticipates people's desires. She understands what makes them tick. She's a real cheerleader for everybody. She's loyal. All those things um, make her indispensable. And, you know, she's like us. She's, she's the secretary. Most of us are a little bit more of the underdog. We're not usually the Harvey Specter, the big flashy closer. And um, so I think people have connected with her because, because she's that every woman. Harvey is indeed the big flashy closer. I suppose when, when I started to watch Suits, I found the roles of the women a bit of a, a sideline. They were gorgeous. They're in these you know, beautifully body con, body sculpted clothes. Their roles, in fairness, do develop. I mean, how much have you and other female members of the cast been involved in sort of pushing the roles of the women to evolve from being more than just the witty, smart you know, girls who bring the coffee while the guys close the deals? Absolutely. I think that's been, that's been a huge part of the conversation. Um, sometimes, you know, I've been in the business for a long time, so I would say that I wasn't tremendously pushy about that. Um, there's a gender issue right there with that. Um, you have to be careful, you know, uh, in how you lean into your career. 
um, in that way. But we are fortunate enough to have a creative team that is open to that. And I had a particularly interesting conversation at the end of season six. I was on set the night of the U.S. election, shortly after Brexit, when we really saw the world really taking a, our world, our Western world, taking a big change. And um, I had a conversation with Aaron Korsh, our creator, and I said, we have to take Donna somewhere now, now right now. And he heard me and I appreciate that. And then when we came into season seven, Donna spoke up for herself and said it was time for her to be a partner at the firm and stepped into a role, not perfectly easily. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't, it was a tough road for her as it would be for anybody to try to make partner and eventually become the COO of the firm. But I was thrilled that he heard me. I think that kind of representation on television is really important. I think it's a really exciting time for women and for women's stories. And I think it's just getting more and more exciting, even with the Time's Up and the Me Too movements. We're just going to hear more, more female stories and we're going to see more women directing, more women in powerful positions. And I'm really thrilled about that for my kids. It's very interesting listening to you sort of coming forwards on that and saying at the same time that you put it very nicely, you had to lean in carefully Mm -hmm. to your career. Is that a sort of polite code for saying you don't rock the boat until you've got somewhere where you know that you're going to be hurt? I think so. I mean, it's a polite way of saying that sometimes it's very easy to label women in the workplace, negatively. And I think that that is a risk. It was a risk for me as a woman. I know how hard it is to get work as a, as a female in the industry. So it's all about the how. You know, Sheryl Sandberg wrote about it so incredibly in Lean In. I have held back at times. I, I, I am a product of my time. I'm not going to lie. And I, I think... Um, I'm learning from that, and I'm going to offer these stories to my kids, for sure. But the world really is changing. It's really changing. So they're going to live in a different world, grow up in a different world than I did. There's an interesting movement in the the UK which is allying itself, I think, to a bit of the the Hollywood push on television world push on on women, which is kind of 50-50 roles, 50-50 castings and 50-50 backstage and on the technical side, which would obviously be, yeah, that'd be a massive change. I'm sure the environments that you've worked in other than alongside female actors has been often very male. I mean, would you sign up to that? Absolutely, 100%. I love that Frances McDormand um, said inclusion writer in her Oscar speech because it's exactly that um, issue. I I 100% would sign up for that. There have been times, I've been in this business for a long time, so there were times auditioning or times working on a show or on a scene where I'm frequently the only female in the room. And that needs to change. That's not the most creative, collaborative, safest space at all times. It's not the place where you always feel heard. And what about the look? I mean, I'm going to use Suits as an example, partly because you've been in it for about, you know, 100 years. And um, there's something where I've sometimes felt that there was a kind of, there's a beautiful look to it, 
we look at it because it looks beautiful, the clothes look beautiful. I mean, everyone is remarkably beautiful for a law firm. Right? I've never mm. seen such a good-looking law firm. Have you raised issues at all about wardrobe and, and the borderline, you know, between just looking great, which is why people, probably why people watch it, you know, that sort of high-gloss legal drama, and being just a bit of a sex object? <sighs> I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't have an articulate answer for this. I can say that I very much appreciate your question. Um, I realize my I, question sounded extremely rude, but I, I didn't mean you, I mean what you're asked to wear. It, it doesn't, it's not rude at all. I think you've got your finger on the pulse right now. Um, it's one of those battles that I'm not in a position to fight at this moment. Um, <laughs> I think these are questions that as a society we have to ask ourselves. You know, I was having this conversation with my husband recently about how the expectation for men walking into a meeting and how women should walk into a meeting, you know, what, what, how we're expected to look. And it just is. It just is right now. Do you ever say, I don't want to wear this, this a bit too short, or I don't like that camera angle? All the time. And I've, I have had um, clothes made less revealing, for sure, on the show. I do a lot of checks when I sit down, the length of things, that sort of thing. So yes, I do, I do, I want Donna to be taken seriously. Though again, she does have a very feminine silhouette because she was never planning on being in a business environment. So she does have a little bit of um, flair. And the thing is, is I come from theater. So that day in the theater when you leave the rehearsal room and you get your costume, there's a massive shift in the work. And I have always treated the wardrobe on suits as costume because they're, they are a way that I transform. I leave Sarah behind and I step into Donna's world. So I do ask myself the questions about why she's wearing this or that on that day. And it's something that really matters to Donna. Donna's a really, not just confident, but vain person. So it informs us. When, when somebody steps on a stage and we see their character enter, we learn a lot about who they are from what they're wearing. We know, oh, that's the king. He's got the crown on, you know, that kind of thing. He's walking onto the stage. That's your Shakespeare um, background. <laughs> but I do, I do want to say I appreciate, I, I did not answer your question articulately, but I appreciate it. And it is something that I'm thinking about and I have not refined my answer to yet. Sarah's an advocate for girls' rights and education, and she's been appointed celebrity ambassador for Plan International, which promotes the rights of children across the world. So I wondered why she felt so strongly about education. You know, it's interesting when you have children and your vision of the world changes, and to imagine that there are girls, specifically 130 million girls in the world who don't have access to education. When I see the opportunities that my children have, you know, I really wanted to explore the why of that. And Plan Canada has been amazing at including me in their work and inviting me to travel the world with them. I went to Ghana last year and had the opportunity to see their gender transformative programs in action, and it was incredibly inspiring. 
you've come to the, the Middle East, and this is obviously a, a part of the world where girls' education needs to rise up the agenda. I mean, what, is it your first time in the region? It is my first time, so this is an opportunity for me to really listen and learn from the experts. You know, we're surrounded at this conference by a lot of experts on education. I'm really honoured to be able to be here and, and listen. One thing that we're, we're asking people here is a bit about their, their own education, the highs and, and lows of their own education, particularly as, as women growing up in different cultures, different education systems. Tell us a little bit about yours. Oh, mine. Um, you know, I'm really fortunate. My mom is a teacher and my parents worked very hard to provide an incredible education for me. I went to boarding school at the young age of 13 and then off to college, the same college that all my sisters went to, Hamilton College. And then I did study abroad for a year. Um, When I was at Hamilton, I studied in London, my favorite city in the world. I wanted to be an actor, and I didn't know anybody who was an actor. So because my parents were, my mom being an educator and my dad being such a cheerleader, they supported me in going to graduate school because that, and I went to graduate, I went to Yale graduate school, um, Yale drama school and got an MFA in acting because that was comfortable for me. If I could study it, if I could have teachers who believed in me, then maybe I would have the courage to pursue this dream. And of course she did. But I couldn't let her go without a very brief word about her co-star Meghan Markle getting married into British royalty this weekend. I'm thrilled for her. It's such such great news and it's such a great story and we all needed a great story right now in the world. So it's a very exciting time for her. Sarah Rafty, thank you. And we'd love to know what you think about the portrayal of women in popular TV drama. How should they be seen on screen? And does it influence what the rest of us think? Write to us, radio at economist.com, or get in touch on Twitter at Economist Radio. And if you enjoy our journalism, why not try a subscription to The Economist? Go to economist.com slash radio offer for 12 issues for $12 or £12. I'm Anne McElvoy, and as Donna might put it, I'm awesome. In London, this is The Economist. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.